world events, over the world leaders. Everything you see in the world, all the kings and empire, God is in control. You see that in Daniel chapter 2 about the visions of the statue in different kind of uh, material, different empire. God is in control. But there's another thread of stories that are flowing through. What is this thread? God is sovereign over individual lives. He's not just up there. He's not just um, dealing with all the king leaders. He's not dealing just with Donald Trump and all the Xi Jinping and all these empires. He's also interested in your individual lives. He wants to be sovereign. He wants to be the Lord of your life. And you submit to Him, you follow Him, you have stability, you have faithfulness. So these two threads, you see that over the life of Daniel, over the life of the three men, over the individual lives. And if, if, if you are a Jew, exile, you read the book of Daniel, it gives you a lot of encouragements, even though you are in prison. Uh, even though you are in exile, not in prison, you are exiled in a different country because you know that God is still in control. What, what has that got to do with our lives? When you look at world events happening, when you look at your surroundings shaking, whether your, your personal life, things around, you can have stability. God is still in control. And that's helped you to be faithful. And this is what we're going to learn today in chapter 3. Chapter 6 also with similar theme, but we're not going to go to chapter 6, really just chapter 3. So what happened in chapter 3 is that the, the people of God, they, King Nebuchadnezzar took the first exile. Who did he take? What kind of people? Young and old? Only the young, people of your age. They are the probably teenagers, early young adults, they are the cream of the crops, the nobles, the leaders, the scholars, the SAF scholar, whatever F scholars, they took all of them, these are the people, and then they brought it to Egypt. What is the purpose? The purpose is this. I'm going to teach these people all the Babylonian uh, educations. Hopefully, within one or two generations, they will lose their distinct character their distinct culture, their belief, their values, they will adopt a new values. This is called subjugations by assimilations. They take control, they assimilate you into culture, you lose your culture, you lose your belief, you lose your religions, and then you stop resisting the people. This is what the Babylon trying to do. But the people of God are supposed to bless the culture, but yet maintain their distinctiveness. And this is how they do it. And by knowing this, when we look around as a Christians, we have a culture that is totally unchristian, totally in the worldly system. How do we stand firm? Okay, let's look at Daniel chapter three. If you have the Bible, you can look at it. If not, you can just look on top here. Okay, how to stand firm? First of all, three points here. First point: standing firm in the midst of the pressure. I don't know why now cannot work already. Okay. Okay, a lot of scriptures, okay? A lot of scriptures. So follow along. A lot of repetitions also. Follow along. I don't know why Daniel loved this various group. He wanted to highlight the importance of all these various kind of uh, individuals here. King Nebuchadnezzar make an image of gold, 60 cubit high and 6 cubit wide. 
and set it on the plain of Dura in the province of uh, Babylon. Uh, by the way, B- Boys Brigade just have a Bible quiz called Character, Character Quiz. They had to memorize this, how big or how tall that they, they, they literally had to memorize. And who were there that they were summoned? Eight groups of people, satraps, prefects, governors, advisor, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all kinds of provincial officials to come to the dedications of the image that he had set up. Next verse. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As, you, as soon as you hear the sound of, again, seven different kinds of equipment, horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Next. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and the peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologer came forward and denounced the Jew. Next. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty have issued a decree that everyone who hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing flame. But there were some Jews. Who are these Jews? They have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Mishrach, and Abednego. They pay no attention to you, Your Majesty. They neither serve your gods or image or worship the image of gold you have set up. Set up. So King Nebuchadnezzar decided to next set up this particular image here. See this image come at chapter three. Can you remember what happened at chapter two? He had a dream of a statue, and the statue made up of four different kinds of material symbolizing four different kinds of empire. The first materials on the top one is what? Gold. That is symbolizes who? His empire. And now he built a statue all gold. What is he trying to say? My empire will last forever. It's a sign of defiance that I'm going to last forever. And then secondly, this image, any name? No name. Whose image? Nobody knows. He just create one image. Most probably it's himself or one of his God. It doesn't matter. He just wants to set it up to tell people, bow down to this image or there's a threat of being killed. No name. And he's not asking people to worship only this God. No. He's asking the people, can you worship this God in addition to your God? Okay. Later at chapter 6, he only worship one himself. But this one, chapter 3, can you worship this God on top of all the other gods? In other words, you, you have many gods, correct? Can you add this God into your collection during this time? It's okay. Can you just add this God in one of the collections? So they will pressure the threat of life there. In this appropriate society, and sometimes, here, there, they face this pressure to bow down or don't bow down. Today, you and I are also facing a similar kind of pressure. Not the pressure that will threaten to our life, but the pressure that will threaten for us to compromise. 
things like this. Please, this is a pluralistic society. In private, you worship all you want, you practice all you want, but in public, can you be like everybody else? Can you don't bring your faith into public? We strongly discourage you to talk about it or influencing others with your beliefs to make a stand. Can you become like every other people? There's a pressure for us to conform to the society. And if you are not pressurized to conform to the society, conform to the fiery furnace of being the odd one out, if you don't have this particular pressure, maybe, maybe perhaps you have already assimilated and you don't feel anything. But if you feel something, you're holding the fort. In the business world, people are telling you, can you do things that are borderline legal? Can you be more ruthless to get this done? And temptation for us to succumb to this pressure, to bow down. If you bow down, then you'll be like everybody else. Adding one God into your collections become like everybody else. I experienced that in my first year of working. Okay? Um, of many years ago. I remember my first job. A few months into the job, I was doing in a chemical laboratory, doing chemical testing. And then, um, you have various samples to come. It's an external laboratory. And then we are supposed to check whether does this particular sample that was brought, does it pass the, 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 the standard. One particular sample was, came from a big client and it just didn't pass by 0. what percent. Just a, f- a few percentage, I've forgotten now, what is it? And I was doing the test and I wrote the report, it failed the, the standard and I submit the report to my superior. At the time, I was quite new and a superior come to me and said that, hey, Ming, this is a big client and it's only zero point something. Can you do something about it? Help it to pass. I was under tremendous pressure. I was new, I want to please my boss, I want to progress in my work. But yet there's a conflict here. This is not right. This is totally not right here. And my boss is pressuring me to do something. And I felt a challenge there to conform. But by God's grace, I pray about it. I felt that it is not worth to compromise. I told my boss, "Uh, I'm sorry. I cannot do it. And she was shocked. Shocked, no, because... um, Shocked in the sense because they have been doing this for some time, not just without me. And maybe I was the first one to bring, it th- to bring this up. I was expecting a big scolding. Thankfully, by God's grace, I wasn't scolded. She went away, talked to the various other, other people, and said how they didn't want to offend the client. But thankfully, they came up with a very good solution. They asked the client, send another sample. So send another sample. I tested the second sample, passed. So I can write it down. And it clear. But I'm glad that I make that stand. First of all, if they want to make any changes in the future, they will not come and ask me anymore, which is a good thing. But I make that stand because if I have compromised on that one small thing, the rest is easier for me to compromise more and more things. The world is always asking you to conform to its image, to bow to its image. If you compromise, bow little bit by little bit. Maybe the, you don't have the threat of life. Today, nobody is going to put a gun around you to bow. No, we don't have that in Singapore. But the pressure comes in different form. The question is, are you going to bow? 
Are you going to bow in the pressure? Are you going to stand firm because of what you believe it? Because in the end, you need to know who you worship. They did not compromise because they know they worship that one true God who matters. This is the God that matters. Not my job, not my boss. My boss is not the, not the world leader. They are not the real king. They are not the sovereign king. They are not the real boss. God is. Therefore, He is the one that matters. He is the one that we should face. He is the one that we should bow to, not the other thing. And you must recognize you have a firm foundation. Therefore, I die. Stay firm. Don't bow to the various pressure. That's the first lesson we learn. The second lesson we learn from them, next, is that they were able to stand firm in authentic faith. Authentic faith. Later, I'll explain more about this authentic faith. Let's look again at verse uh, 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So this man was brought before the king. Verse 14, And the king said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. If you do not worship, you'll be thrown immediately to the blazing flame. Then what gods will be able to rescue you from my hand? Nebuchadnezzar was very angry because it's a sign of defiance. And he want to give them a chance. Last chance. Here again, you bow or you burn. Six, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego replied him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing flame, the God we serve is able to deliver us from you and He will deliver us from your majesty hand. But even if He does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Listen to their reply. The first thing is that they say, God is able. They know that God has the ability. Secondly, God will rescue. They know that God's heart is to rescue His people. Thirdly, even if God don't do it, we will not bow. These are men of convictions. They are convicted about who they believe in. They are convicted because they have authentic faith in God. What is this authentic faith? This authentic faith is that they trust in God and God alone. See, we will serve and love God not just from out of what we can get out of Him. Because God gave me this, 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 therefore I serve this God. They trust God for Himself, not what He can give to us. Sometimes we can come to God like this, with the agenda. You say, God, I trusted You. I live a good life. I give money to CSE. I give money to PIPPH. I come, I serve as ushers, I serve as musicians, I live a good life. But when I ask you for things in my life, God, why you didn't give me? Where is my job promotions? Where is my spouse? Where is he? Where is she? Where is my child that I asked for? Where is the healing? Where is the breakthrough? Why I don't get it? In reality, they are too balled up with their agenda. The real thing that matters to them sometimes is what they are hoping for is the agenda of God. 
They thought that if I obey God, I pray to God, God should fulfill this agenda. If the agenda doesn't take place, they are out of here. What they are really trusting is that they are trusting God plus, 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 plus. If this plus, plus, they are the main thing. This is not the authentic faith. These people, they don't have this plus, plus. Even if God don't heal me, I'm okay. It is nothing to do with They just depend on God alone. Because why? God worth it. God is worth it. And if you have this God plus, plus, plus alone, you are not worshipping this God. You are actually using this God. You are using this God. So behind the statement that God will rescue me, even if it does not, it's, it's a statement of authentic faith. So what is authentic faith next? Is that their, their heart is that I trust God. I love God for who He is. Period. Not God plus, 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 plus this. What is people's greatest fear? Death. God say, I can deliver you from death. Yes. But if you believe in me, I can deliver you through death. If you die in Christ, you'll wake up in His arm. There is liberation, there is freedom. And you will always save. You need to believe God for who He is, not because of what He will give to you. Yes, He will definitely give to you. Not based on what He gives to you according to your agenda. Let me share with you a story. Recently, very sad, in Singapore, a lot of young people getting uh, cancer. A, a month, month ago, Andrew shared a story about a, a, some, a believer, a guy, I've forgotten his name, died in his 30s because of uh, cancer. Just two weeks ago, another one passed away. His name is Elliot So. You all heard about him? Next. Elliot So. Two weeks ago, he died at the age of 25 years old. Many of you are probably this age or have just passed or going to reach this age. Nine months battle with cancer, sarcoma. It's a cancer that uh, affects the, the tissue. Before he left, he wrote very touching notes that went viral. Went viral. And he discovered he got cancer nine months ago. Um, and then he went through a lot of very difficult times. He was hospitalized, four months of chemotherapy, and then five and a half weeks of radiotherapy. And one moment he mentioned this, I have hours of sharp spine pain a few times where it felt that my spinal nerves were hit violently with a stick every second. In the midst of all this pain, he still do his best to finish his dissertations, coursework, and he did five examinations in one week. Big suffering. Unfortunately, he passed away, or rather than other, we are not sure. God brought him home. But in the midst of his suffering, this is what he wrote. Just wanted to share with you how thankful I am that God has been disciplining me for the past nine months to suffering and hardship. I'm just so blessed, joyful, that I'm able to cope well spiritually and emotionally. I don't know why he take this as God's discipline, but rather, he said that in the midst of all this, he experienced God. He said this, because God is faithful, and his steadfastness towards me has sustained me thus far. Just want to encourage all of you not to lose heart, heart when you face with sufferings, when you feel discouraged, persecution for being a Christian. Just constantly remind ourselves of God's steadfast love to you through Jesus Christ. And his heart has always been one to share this with people. 
He said this, God has shown me what unconditional love and mercy looks like. The hope I have in Him and His promises have brought me so much joy in my life that I can't deny. I felt a lot more joy in my suffering for the past nine months. And this joy, this authentic faith, He said, I want to share with people my positivity, positivity comes from knowing God is there for me and He's sustaining me throughout this tough period. I'm praying for you a lot that you one day will believe and trust in Jesus like how I do. It's not God plus healing, God plus my good career. It's a very, a lot of, but God alone, full stop. But the most touching thing is the last line you mentioned here. I would rather have my friends listen to the gospel and make a decision to accept Jesus in their lives than for my cancer to be healed. He would rather go through the cancer than his friends not responding to the gospel because he experienced this authentic faith of who God is and what God. Trusting and loving God, period. Not God plus, 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 plus. Same also with these three men. He know that God can, God will, but even if God don't, I'm okay. I'm following this God alone. That's okay. They were spiritually fireproof before they were physically fireproof because they trust God alone. Not God with their agenda. Same thing also for you. Do you want to be loved only because of your good looks? Do you want to be loved because of what your generosity? Do you want to be loved because of what you can bless and give to other people? No. We don't want that. You want to be loved for yourself. Same thing also. God wants to be worshipped for Himself. Not because of what He can give to you based on your desire. Because He is God. We don't forget that. He's sovereign. He's Lord. And He's worth it. And that's authentic faith. And I hope that all of us will have this authentic faith to move on. Next is that to stand firm in the midst of suffering. Suffering will come to all of us. Take it by faith. It will come in different forms. Sometimes it's because you stand firm for your faith, suffering comes. Sometimes it's for God to use it to mold your character. Sometimes for reasons that you do not know. But it will come. The key is that to stand firm. Let's look at the verse. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times, hotter than usual, commanded all some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into blazing fire. These men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing flame. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames killed the fire that killed uh, flames killed the soldiers that took Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing fire. The king was really angry. Heated up seven times. But the irony is this, the people who followed the obey the king died. People who refused to obey the king survived. <laughs> That's an interesting irony here. Look at verse 424. Then King Abu Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisor, 
Weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. And he said, Look, I see four men walking around in a fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth one looked like the son of a god. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening in the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, son of the Most High God, come out, come here. Next. So Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego came out of the fire and the satrap and the prefect and the governors and royal advisor crowded around them and they saw the fire had not harmed their bodies and not a hair of their heads sing and their robes were not scorched and there were no smell of fire on them. On them. I don't know how they feel. If I were them, I would be shivering. The fire seven times hotter and facing this fire and then next moment, got thrown into the fire. Into the fire. But they understood, some, they understood something. They understood that God is sovereign. It is God's choice whether to be, op- to be glorified through their death or through their dramatic deliverance. God's choice. It makes no difference to their decisions. I'm going to follow God. Live or die, I'll be faithful to God. And we see that God is sovereign here. God is sovereign to decide to please. He's not under or to, as, he, as He pleases. He has under no obligations to prove to anyone. He reigns. He's the boss. Sometimes, like this time, God delivered through dramatic ways. He parted the Red Sea to let the Israelites pass through. And sometimes in our life, we see God parted the Red Sea for us like this. But other times, God chose to work in a different way, allow His people to suffer like we see in Elliot. We do not know why He suffered at such a young age. He suffered. And even in the book of Acts, you see the disciples, James, executed for his faith. Peter, delivered. Why? God is sovereign. God decides. And sometimes God allows His people to go through this suffering and to die for their faith. The word furnace in the Bible is always a metaphor of sufferings, trials, ordeals, tribulations. And God said this, next, in 1 Peter, Dear friends, do not be surprised by the fiery ordeal that have come to you to test you, as though something strange are happening to you. God said, don't be surprised. You will have suffering. You have suffering. And guess what? This suffering that you go through it's going to be good for you. God is going to use this just as fire purify the goal. Suffering, the furnace, is going to purify your faith, your character, to make you more like Christ, to help you, to develop you, to grow you. But in the midst of this suffering, how do you stand firm? The key is in that fourth person in the furnace. The fourth person in the furnace. Who is this fourth person? There was speculation. Some people say this, this person could be the pre-incarnated Christ. In other words, this is Christ Himself before He became human being, He appeared. Or it could be an angel of the Lord representing God appeared before them. In either case, this is a physical demonstration of God's presence with His people in distress. They are able to stand firm in their suffering, in their trial, because God is with them. God didn't just 
rescue them from the fire, he made his presence felt here. As a result of his presence, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego emerged safely at the end of their time on the furnace. They stood firm in the midst of suffering because God was with them. In the same way, when you're going through suffering, when you're going through trials, going through difficulty, God also promised His presence. Listen to God's promise to His people in Isaiah. Next. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Notice, God didn't say, I will take you around the water or keep you, keep the fire far away from you. He said, I'll be with you. The fire of tribulations will not burn you because I'm with you. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament, the presence of God takes a richer dimension. God dwelling among us, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ. He went, He promised to be with you. He didn't just promise to be with you, He went through the furnace for you. Jesus went through the ultimate furnace of God's divine wrath. He was taking upon Himself the fiery pain that we all deserve. All our compromises, all our bowing down to various gods, all our going our own ways. He took upon Himself at the cross so that you and I can pass through the threatening fire unburned and emerge safely on the other side. But when Jesus was going through the furnace there, He was all alone. God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and God promised His presence with us when we go through. But there at the ultimate furnace, Christ was all alone. He said, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Why? Because of all our sins, He's taken it upon Himself. This is how much He loves you. So some of us who are going through suffering or difficulties or trials, maybe because you make a stand for your faith, you are taken the advantage of, maybe you are not trying to keep your faith pri private, you want to make it public, and some of you may be suffering because you do not know why. Take comfort when you look at Christ. You will feel Jesus walking with you in your furnace to the degree you know Christ was thrown into the ultimate furnace for you. Listen to what Tim Keller put this in a, in a good way, interesting way. He said this, If you remember that Jesus was thrown into the furnace for you, you will feel Him in the cooler, smaller furnaces with you. If you remember Christ was thrown in the furnace, He was rejected all alone for you, then you will feel Him greater, more in your cooler, smaller furnaces with you. You are not alone. Nebuchadnezzar end this whole chapter, uh, end this whole episode here with this comment. Next, he began to worship God. He said, "Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him, defied the king's command, and willing to give up their lives rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree." 
that people of all, any nations and language who say anything bad or anything bad about this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. Their house been turned into bar piles of rubbles for no other gods can save in this way. No other god can save in this way. Nebuchadnezzar speaks prophetically more than he knows that truly no other god saves in him. No other gods will be with us all the way. No other gods go to the furnace for us. No other gods unconditionally suffer for you alone. No one. Every other religion go this. If you do good, God will bless you. If you don't do good, you will be hurt. And your good need to outweigh your bad. So when suffering comes, some of these people, how do they feel? They will either hate God because they say, God, I live a good life and yet I go through this. Or they will be in despair. I have not lived a good life. No wonder I'm suffering. No other God saved that. The gospel is very, very different. The gospel is Christ suffered on our behalf. Not only that, one more exciting thing. Christ's perfect faithfulness, more faithful than Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, His righteousness is now given to me for free. I have the faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. More than that, I have Christ's faithfulness. This is the gospel. And this is what will help us to stand firm. Elliot, as I shared, he experienced that. He was able to stand firm. And he wants to share this gospel. You and I, we have this gospel. We can also share. And if today you do not know this God, you do not know this God, I ask you to invite Jesus into your life. Jesus into your life. So how to stand firm? In the midst of all the various challenges in life. Stand firm because you and I worship that one true God that matters. He's worth it. And you can find strength and comfort in the midst of your furnace because He's always with you. He did not leave the ultimate furnace. He will not leave you today in your cooler furnace. Stand firm and have no fear. Have no fear. Invite the musicians to come. Let us bow our heads in prayer. If today, some of you who are facing the pressure to compromise, you say, Lord, no, I'm not going to compromise. You are more than worth it than the pressure, whether is it peer pressure or societal pressure. God, you are more than worth it. I'm not going to bow down. I'm going to stand firm. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you. You want to ask God to help you to stand firm. Or some of you who are already standing, making a stand, but there's still suffering, there's still trials, tribulations. You, you want to be reminded again about God's presence. I also want to pray for you. Any of you that I can just raise your hand, I can pray for you. Yes. Any more? Yes. 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 Lord, I want to pray for those who raise their hand, Father. They are facing the pressure, the pressure to, to compromise. I pray that today you remind them, no, it's not worth it. The peers, the society, 
the business world, the workplace, they are not our gods. You are. They didn't die for us. You did. And I pray that, Lord, that you help them. I pray also for those who want to sense your presence again as they go through suffering. I pray that, Lord, you will help them to remember what you have done on the cross, that you are with them. Let them feel that. Let them know it so that, God, when this trouble comes, they can stand firm. They need only to respond in fear. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Shall we end with this song? Yeah, I'm no longer slave to fear because I have God as my Lord. I belong to this family. God is with me. And those of you who want, who have rose, uh, raised your hand, you want people to pray with, please come forward. The altar is open so that we can pray with you as we sing this song.
I thank you for your word here. In Isaiah, you said that when we pass through the waters, you will be with us. When we pass through the rivers, they will not swept over us. When we walk through the fire, we will not be burned. The flame will not set us ablaze. Because God, you are with us. You went all the way to the cross You take the ultimate furnace You stayed Despite you've been alone And you will not desert us Therefore, Father, I pray That God, you will help us In whatever circumstances in our lives That we will remain firm Trusting in you alone Not compromising Not giving in But we will declare That you are God alone You are God alone we thank you, Lord. Thank you for today, for your word. And now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you. Let the grace of God be all of you. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.